0: fresh produce is the best produce once something is picked it is not going to taste any better over time hmm. and that's kind of a you know a, an advantage we have when you come right to the farm and pick it directly off the tree that's going to be the freshest juiciest apple that you can get
1: welcome to St. Louis on the air I'm Sarah Fenske. The outdoors is truly the place to be these days, while you still can. The coronavirus makes social situations indoors dangerous, and winter is coming. The good news is that there are some really fun options right now, including apple and pumpkin picking. Eckert's operates several pick-your-own farms in the Metro East, and last weekend, our producer Evie Hemphill checked in with visitors who were enjoying Eckert's Millstot location. One of the people that Evie spoke with was Cahokia resident Sherry Simmons, who said it was the beautiful weather and the chance to spend time with her grandchildren that drew her out I think that Eckers have really figured out a way even during COVID for our families to come out and have a good time there is water hand-washing places available there's just a, you know places where you can be where it's not a clutter and then they have uh, the seating it's comfortable and you're out in the opening the most fun for me today has been the wagon ride <laughs> with the grands. <laughs> now my husband, he's a pastor in Cahokia, so you'd have to ask him what's his fun. <laughs> hey, you know what? Just being out here with them—that's been the pleasure today for me. Just seeing them do what they do, want to get on this, want to do that, chasing him around. So you know, it's it's a fun full day. How big of a pumpkin do you got there? I have no clue. 14 pounds. 14 pounds. Are you going to carry that all the way back to the car yourself? Probably. (laughs) My name's Mia, M-I-A. What kind of apples did you guys get? Red apples. Jonathan. Jonathan and, um, what they're called, um, Golden Delicious. There
0: we go. Everybody must have- What have you enjoyed the most today so far? Well, um, the piggy races. (laughs) They were fun. He is
1: amazing. The one, the only, Justin Q.
0: Where a bunch of these pigs run in a little circle trying
1: to, like, get to the finish line. Do you remember who won? Uh, well there were multiple. What are you eating there? That looks delicious. Uh, funnel cake. cake. <laughs> did you do the apple cannon all by yourself? Yes, but not all by it. Some, some of the times my aunt and uncle helped me aim. I had a great time here. Hi, my name is Shirley Arjumbo. <laughs> I did the pumpkin one and the apple one. I really liked it. It was awesome. And those were just a few of the visitors at Eckert's Fun Farm in Millstadt, Illinois, last weekend. At the very end, you could hear the thunder and lightning cloggers of southern Illinois as they danced Rocky Top on Eckert's grand stage. And in disclosure, we should add that our producer, Evie, is actually one of those cloggers. That's how we get the inside scoop. And joining me now with more information on this year's Harvest is Chris Eckert. He is the president of Eckert. So, Chris, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, thank you so much. Glad to be here.
1: So pumpkin season kicked off at Eckert's last weekend. I remember last year there were reports of a pumpkin shortage. This is back when we didn't have other problems to worry about. We were all obsessed with it. How are things looking so far this year on the pumpkin front?
0: You know, our pumpkin crop looks just fine. We've been very fortunate. The weather this year has been really conducive for a lot of the uh, the crops we grow. So Hmm. uh, right now we're just, you know, very... Fortunate and excited about sharing them with all the guests that come out to the farm this fall.
1: So that colder weather that we've been having, these these very cool nights, um, it seems like those started unusually early. That's good for pumpkins?
0: It is good for pumpkins, but it's especially good for apples. Hmm. Apples really love cool nights because it puts that, that red pigment in the skin of the apple, so you get a, a much darker color, red delicious, more color on the Fuji, and All the apples just love soaking up the sunshine during the day.
1: So I got to ask you a question. Um, People who know me know that I'm fairly obsessed with apples. Um, And one of the things I've noticed is that the apples this time of year seem to taste so much better than they do in other times of year. Is this all in my head that it's, it's fall? I'm just thinking excitedly about apples? Or is there a reason they taste better right now? I always
0: tell people that fresh produce is the best produce. Once something is picked, is not going to taste any better over time. Hmm. And that's kind of a you know a, an advantage we have when you come right to the farm and pick it directly off the tree. That's going to be the freshest, juiciest apple that you can get. So I think that makes this time of the year the best time of the year to eat apples because they're just fresher. The apples that we were eating in August were harvested last fall, so they've been in coolers for 12 months. And, you know, that is great that we can do that but it is not the best way to experience an apple.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. So these ones right now, these are fresh off the tree. I know you have different apple varieties that kind of come up at different times as as far as the pick-your-own goes. What's what's a pickable right now?
0: Right now we're picking Golden Delicious and Red Delicious apples. Uh, we just finished up Jonathan last week. That's kind of an early-season variety. Honeycrisp was the first real variety we get going with the season. And of course, that's a very popular and exciting new variety, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. When we get into October, there's some uh, old favorites like Fuji uh, and Granny Smith at the very end of the month. And a new variety that we're really excited about called Evercrisp is going to be ripening in about two or three weeks, around October 10 to 15.
1: So I remember when you guys announced the Evercrisp a couple years ago. This was a huge deal for all of my fellow apple snobs. For people who are still munching on their tired old red and golden delicious, help us understand, what's the big deal with the Evercrisp?
0: Evercrisp is the first introduction of new variety from an organization called the Midwest Apple Improvement Association. Um, Eckers was fortunate to be one of the founding members of that organization. It was just a group of apple growers from this part of the country who said, hey, you know, Honeycrisp has all this success, but it's really not engineered to grow in our environment. And when I say engineered, I mean it's just not really, doesn't do well in our hot climate. It mm-hmm. was selected because it does well in Minnesota and Michigan. So we kind of got together and said, hey, what are some things that would, uh, be good. So we did a cross of Honeycrisp and Fuji, two apples that we all like, and said, let's see what comes out of that and if there's a selection that would grow well and taste good in this climate. And Evercrisp was the standout winner of that selection. So hmm. uh, we started that process about 20 years ago, and the first commercial plantings didn't go in until 2013 of which Eckert's had one of the first plantings in the country and today there's over a million evergreen trees all over the world being grown so it's kind of an exciting you know story to be a part of and it's a great way to bring really good apples to our farm and our guests that come out from St. Louis.
1: And yeah, that 20-year gestation on a project like this, you really have to have some patience in the apple business. So I, I imagine in light of that, you know what the next big thing is going to be, because uh, this just doesn't <laughs> happen overnight. Do you have a the next Evercrisp coming down the pike anytime soon?
0: Uh, well, that is hard to determine, because even like... Honeycrisp was almost thrown away. What? That, that story is very interesting. They, The first people that tasted it were not that excited about it. It took a long time uh, before it really was understood, oh, consumers really like the texture of this apple. So it's hard for us to say, oh, this one is definitely going to be the clear-cut favorite as mm. before. That said, we do have some new varieties that are coming out. Um, right now we've got already planted. One is called Rosalie, and the other one is kind of a fun name. It's called Ludacrisp. It <laughs> That's a great name. Um, very, i got to give very, you very that.
1: <laughs> Ludacrisp. Did you have to get permission from the artist?
0: To <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think we're skating under the radar there, but it, just to be safe, it has a P at the end, so uh, <laughs> I think we're not infringing on any, uh, any copyright there.
1: Yeah, I think you're going to be fine with that. But So that's exciting. I'm going to keep my eye out for that. We actually asked our listeners what apples they like the best. Um, and boy, people have some strong feelings about this. Um, Renee writes on Facebook, wine sap is pretty much unavailable these days unless you have your own trees. For baking, I like Granny Smith's and Jonathan's. For eating, pinata, pinata and jazz are great. I love the Christmas and juiciness of Honey Crisp, but I don't think their flavor is very complex. They taste more like sugar water than apples. Um, Eric said he likes gala apples for eating. Kim likes Honey Crisp and gala. David is a Honey Crisp fan. Jennifer likes Jonathan's. Justin says his favorite kind of apple is a caramel apple. Finally, Thomas <laughs> tells us on Facebook he loves the, mu- the Mutsu. He describes it as a cross between Golden Delicious and Indo, and he writes, we left St. Louis a little over a year ago and found many orchards in Maryland, and this has been our favorite new apple. Chris Secret, are apples one of these things that is somewhat regional? You're going to find certain varieties flourishing in certain places, or at least beginning there before they spread to the rest of the country.
0: Absolutely. I think if you look at in our region, Jonathan is the most clear-cut example of that. If you were to go to New England or California, those people would never have heard of Jonathan unless they came from the Midwest. <laughs> Likewise, MacIntosh is extremely popular in New England and the East Coast but is really not grown on the West Coast or the Midwest too much. So there is regional favorites and I think what, you know, the people who filled out the survey just are telling us is everybody's got a different palate and what they like is not what somebody else might like. But I also would say My personal favorite apple is a Jonathan, and Mm -hmm. it has a lot to do with just the memories that are associated. Being a kid, that being the first apple ripening of the season, it was kind of like, okay, apple season's here. We're going to have all kinds of fun. It's the fall. It's harvest. So there's that kind of local experience that ties into our memories of making that apple tastes so great.
1: Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. The apple you remember from your childhood—it's always going to have—it's almost like the clementine um, that brings you back to the wonderful, the wonderful moments. I got one last quick question for you, Chris, before we have to let you go. Will we ever see um, this much effort going into building better pumpkins and, and designer pumpkins? <laughs>
0: I, you know, there's an active breeding program in pumpkins as well. And what's interesting is it's not about making a bigger, better, oranger pumpkin. It's more about making uglier, weirder, bumpier pumpkins. And we really embrace that. So if you go to our pumpkin patches now, you know, uh, 56% of the pumpkins out there are the standard jack-o'-lantern orange pumpkin. But we've really ramped up the production of what I call the goofy stuff. It's all the things that look ugly or green or blue or bumpy and have all kinds of warts on them. And that's a lot more fun, I think, to kind of dress up your front porch with this cornucopia of weird gourds. You know, it's just a, a fun display.
1: Boy, that is a fun display. And if that is not an inducement to go visit Eckert's, I don't know what is. So, Chris Eckert, president of Eckert's, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thank you, Podcast episodes of St. Louis on the Air are available wherever you get your podcasts. St. Louis on the Air is produced by Evie Hemphill and Lara Hamden with production assistance from Aaron Doerr. The senior producer is Emily Woodbury. The executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Sarah Fenske.